Welcome everyone, uh, welcome back. You're joining Darren and David on the Conversations in Music. Joined today by a couple of other friends, that'd be Mr. Hollywood, Mark Hollywood. Good afternoon, I use the friend term loosely. <laughs> it's your prerogative. And also welcome <laughs> Alan Jones. Hi everyone, glad to be back again. And my co-host Darren, hi Darren. Hello, hi, how are you? Yeah, doing good, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, for the uninitiated, we have been working our way through uh, a list of 100 albums, which um, we've called the Hollywood 100 Collection. Um, basically, we're going to have a bit of back and forth as we go through some of the albums in in Mark's list. Um, we have got up to number 63. So the last one that we talked about when we were together previously was Moby's Play. And what I'm going to do now is hand over to Mark as we march on to number 64, which is Neil Young's Harvest. Thanks for that, David. Um, yeah, Harvest, I think um, there's obviously some kind of uh, liking for Canadian artists. I think uh, Neil Young is uh, part Canadian, part American, but um, he's, I, I don't know, maybe he's, he's a bit Marmite. I mean, he, he lands between the stools of country and rock and I, I believe you can correct me if i'm wrong he was with emerson lake and palmer at some stage he was he was all involved in all that mm-hmm. i just love this album harvest it's it's so pure um and uh, th- th- there are tracks on it that we're all well familiar with but um heart of gold is yeah. is the one that uh, everyone remembers and it's the one that clinched it for me uh, I could listen to it over and over again, and then there was another album further down the line called Harvest Moon, yeah, um, which e- equally brilliant. Apart from that, I've listened to his albums and thought they're good. Um, wouldn't say great, but this one for me is um, is a standout. And uh, for for someone who likes country and they like a bit of rock or a bit a bit of you know a bit of a bit of that mix, I would I would thoroughly recommend this. I don't know what you guys think. It was Crosby, Stills and Nash. Sorry, it wasn't Emerson Lake. No, no, it's okay. And, and also, yeah. he was with Buffalo yeah, Springfield. Buffalo Springfield was yeah, who he was with yeah. originally. Yeah. On there. Crosby, Stills and Nash. Beg your pardon, yeah. Indeed. So, Darren, is he yeah, on your radar? Um, oh, sorry. Go on, Alan. Yeah. I, I'm, sorry. Sorry, Go Darren. I've got, yeah, I've got an early pressing of it, actually. And I must admit, I've played it a few times. And it's one of those that I always think I really need to delve a bit deeper into. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great album. No dispute in that. But it's not one that I put on enough. So maybe I'll do that this afternoon. Okay. Yeah, I've not got this. Uh, but I have got Harvest Moon. Okay. Um, I heard, uh, you know, the track Harvest Moon uh, being played on the radio and I didn't have a clue who it was. And I thought, wow, this is excellent. And when they said it was Neil Young, um, then I tried to track down a copy on vinyl and it was with stupid money. 
Uh, but then, fortunately for uh, Black Monday, sorry, Black Friday in America releases a few years ago, um, they did re-release it on vinyl, so I managed to pick one up from David's Records in Letsworth. Uh, at that time, they managed to get me one. I think it's quite readily available now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I, I, obviously, I know Neil Young, and I know heard of the Harvest album, but um, Harvest Moon is the only one I've got. I think it's really good. It's probably, again, probably an album I should have in my collection. But uh, I'd probably say it's worth sort of digging through his, you know, his various albums and, and also with the other acts he's performed with. He's, you know, he's covered a huge spectrum, as you said, Mark, you know, between rock and folk and country folk. Um, he's also got, I think, the moniker of the grandfather of grunge. I think he was like the first yeah. one who, who got that, that really heavy uh, guitar sound out there. Um, the, the, there's a huge amount. And then, of course, you get, get to his live albums when he's recording with Crazy Horse. So you've got Russ Never Sleeps, um, which is yeah, up there that. as one, one of the great ones. The, the, the tonally, it becomes a little bit different when you get that. So, um, yeah. But it's great. It's great, I think, than if you've got a studio album and then you've listened to a live album, it's uh, a different interpretation or a sort of enhanced interpretation. I, th I think it's great. But so much, yeah. to, so much to go through there. After the Gold but, Rush was one of his, wasn't it? After Gold, oh, yeah, that's a great album. I, what I would say is, it, in, in a weird way, you, you know the way you've got Glenn Campbell, yeah. and um, Glenn Campbell, uh, I, I don't know if, whether it was posthumous, but it was close to his demise. Uh, God rest him, and uh, he he um, suffered badly. I think it was Alzheimer's and that. And uh, when he toured, he toured with his his family, yeah. and they they supported him. And he had a wonderful song called "A Better Man," and I would recommend to any of the listeners to to listen to that song. It's just it's poetry, and and I think Neil Young is in the same vein as that. It's not writing a song for the sake of it. It's um it's something that. Okay, well, a lot of artists will say, "Well, I did write it from the heart," but there, there's something that just makes you stop in your tracks, like uh, David, David Bowie, boy, um, and um, the the you know the song of Heathen. Uh, yeah. Everyone says hi. Yeah. And Glenn Campbell has the same with a better man. I'd, I'd recommend anyone to listen to it. Heart of Gold for me is something like that. It's just it's a it's a it's a calling of life and life's experience, and um, yeah, that is, just that is uh, my cousin sent me a picture midweek, and uh, it obviously looks like um, Ron Mail from Sparks. Oh, she yeah. tells me it's it's uh, it's Neil Young busking in Glasgow. Wow! Oh. Uh, and he didn't get mugged. <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just sticking I'm with. Gonna a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to caveat that, by the way. I've got loads of Glasgow mates, so uh, <laughs> take, too late take now. That, take that in the humour it was intended. <laughs> yeah, you'll be talking to that. <laughs> I'm just going to going to stick with uh, Glenn Campbell a minute. You know that he yeah. he used to do all of the he used to pre-sing. I don't know if that's the right way of describing it. A lot of the Elvis records. So when when songs were written uh, for Elvis, um, he he did them first just to see how they were um, before they then got passed on to the king for him to sing them. 
and uh, there was an album came there's an album came out not so long ago which they they released a lot of those sort of early versions that he did so you know someone who cut his teeth in in that uh, elvis style but you know then it comes back to to country country rock all good yeah it's pro- it's probably because um they had this, a similar uh, pitch um yeah yeah, I think I think I think that was actually it, and and they were buddies as well. Right. What would he have been like a bar? Well, he would have been um, a tenor, maybe baritone, baritone. I'd say. Yeah, he's around now, isn't he? Yeah, probably baritone. Yeah, baritone to tenor. Yeah, yeah. So what? So there, there's an album coming up later, and um, by by a very famous chap, and. Uh, I was I was actually I, I just stumbled across it on BBC Four last night, but it goes on about you know the different levels, uh, or, you know the power and the pitch of the voice, right? And this particular individual uh, falls into that category. But uh, yeah, interesting. Glenn Campbell would have loved to have seen him live. Unfortunately, yeah, my my brother-in-law, well, my sister and brother-in-law, they actually went to see him on his final tour when he had his family and, and he. They were absolutely knocked out. They thought he was fabulous. He was absolutely yeah. fantastic. They, they couldn't stop. Uh, I mean, he can't yeah. beat Wichita Lineman, can you? Wichita Lineman. Yeah, Harry Webb wrote that. It's not, uh, it's not one of the most written about songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah my not, um, my not, good friend, uh, Sean Lee, he, he's from Wichita. Uh, he's a member of Young Gun Silver Fox, you know, the band I keep Plugging. going on about. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's actually from Wichita, and uh, he, he he's just released a single singing that. Yeah. The great, great track. Another great track. Well, um, Jake Bug, you know Jake Bug, the fairly yeah. male vocalist. If you want to hear this version, see what you think of that sometime. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure it's been millions of times. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's good. Okay, I'm going to use the segue of the Godfather of Grunge to take us <laughs> on to number 65. Beautifully done. Right. Yeah. So this is this is another one that um, I associate more with experience. Um, so I, I shared a room with my brother. And if he ever listens to this podcast, <laughs> he'll... Uh, good yeah leonard leonard yeah is it clifford or leonard leonard yeah my mum must have been been high on gas when she chose that name a a tricky fan (laughs) so i ended up with markley and patrick and he ended up with leonard samuel gavin so i don't know i don't know what went wrong there (laughs) Uh, but um yeah leonard drives cranes the one who drives cranes yeah he he, uh he was involved in uh the building of the Queensferry Crossing. Uh, not a job for me, but I, he and I are not peas in a pod. We're, we're very, very, very much the opposite. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, Leonard was big into grunge, big into thrash metal. And um, I I got, I got into Nirvana just, I, I guess, by overhearing his music. And I heard Unplugged once. So I couldn't I, I couldn't accept the studio albums. It, it really was a hard a, a hard lesson for me to get into. 
But when I heard them unplugged, I realised, God, these guys are massively talented, hugely talented. And uh, I'd say along with Eric Clapton's unplugged, it's it's one of my favourites. Uh, that's why I'm putting it in here, because it's a uh, it's a lesson to to everyone not to judge a book by its cover. Uh, and and I appreciate the, the the huge talent that that they have. And um, uh, you know, Dave Grohl, that's gone on to be well, he was the drummer, and now he's he's gone on to be the the lead singer in the, in the, the Foo Fighters. Is is um was one of his influences was Queen. Yeah, and you you can hear some of the, their their influences uh like Bowie, Lead Belly, guys like that. Uh, coming into their music, so yeah, that's why it's going in there. Have we actually but said which album it is, Mark? Oh, sorry, MTV Unplugged in New York. Yep. Oh, no. I yeah. I beg your pardon. Another actually had a ticket for them uh, the day before he took his own life. My brother had a ticket to see them in Dublin. I oh. think it was around August the eighth, August August the ninth, when he uh, sadly took his own life. Get away. Yeah. Yeah, lucky enough to see him a year before he passed away in 1992. I think it was Reading Festival, and yeah. that famous set now that's been on DVD and vinyl, and yeah, really, really good set. But actually, I wasn't a massive Nirvana fan at the time. Mm-hmm. What about three quarters of a set with my mate Paul? We thought, nah, we've had enough. <laughs> Somebody smaller, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. looking back now. Why did we not watch the whole set? But you, you don't at the time, do you? You do what you want to do. Exactly. You are a Nirvana fan, though, aren't you, Darren? Or, or I thought you were. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. It was just, yeah, they were just... Yeah. That performance on the night sounded atrocious. But you watch it back now, and it's stunning. <laughs> but yeah. I think we were lost in the festival atmosphere at the time. But yeah, I love Bleach. Their debut album was Bleach, I think. And then Nevermind. Nevermind's a classic, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and again, yeah. I've, I've I've got two other albums. Retrospectively, I I, I could never mind an in utero. Yeah, yeah. I've got those two on CD. So. Bleach is well worth a listen if you haven't. But... Yeah, well, I was going to get that as part of Love Record Stores. Oh yeah. Um, I couldn't get a copy. Couldn't get one. No, I saw one in um, behind the counter in uh, Rough Trade in Bristol. Yeah, and he wouldn't let me buy it. He said somebody's reserved that. So okay, that's a bit yeah. cruel to leave that there, then, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think they were allowed to reserve things either. No, but this was for Love Record Stores. So different oh, no, different rules. Record Store Day. Yeah, okay. slightly different, but um, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I would have got it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that unfortunately. Was that like a lime green or something? Wasn't that all right? Uh, yes, or was it clear? Yeah, something could have been green, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nice. But again, I think I've said before on here, I'm not a massive fan of live albums, but that is a classic. Yeah. That's what I can listen to. Yeah. I'm glad I got something right. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. Talking kind of Foo, Foo Fighters, I was playing, um, playing a 12-inch just the other day. Um, it's Luminous Vinyl. Enough about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this here's is a call, that one. This is a call, say, call to arms. My brother took me to the Foo Fighters. Um, so 
God bless him. He, he, I think it was mainly because he didn't have anyone to go with. And uh, instead of, you know, saying that, he dressed it up as a, a birthday present or a, a belated birthday present. Because <laughs> my birthday's in September. And uh, my brother, I think this is June, July, he says, I've got a birthday present for you. I thought, that's a bit early. <laughs> and he took me. <laughs> so I suspect that the girl he was going to take, uh, as I say in Scotland, or Fife, uh, they said, she, she paid me. She basically ignored me. So I got the spare ticket and I went to see the Foo Fighters in Murrayfield. And I have to say, I mean, uh, your man, Grohl, uh, had the um, plaster cast on his, oh, his, his, his leg. Hey. It was around then, yeah. I was I was just sorely disappointed. And I don't know whether it was the band or the sound, um, but it, it fell well short. And... I love a live gig. We all do. All four yeah. of us do, and, and many of the listeners do as well. But um, yeah, it fell well, well short for me. It was just as my dad would have said, it was just noise. <laughs> it just, it was just noise. And uh, you know, apart from their their hits, that was it. You know. Well, I was just talking Does anybody with anybody else. Do gigs on their own? Then I've been to loads of gigs on my own. Yeah, I've gone to the gigs on my own. Absolutely, yeah. yeah I've gone to I've gone to see Christy on my own, Christy Moore. Um, I, I, I've given anything. I've gone to see Queen on my own in 1986, but my mum wouldn't let me. We've covered that story. Yeah. 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 I've done, I've done yeah, a few. I, I, if there's I, no one around, I, I, I'll. I'm happy to go on my own. It's. Yeah. Gladly, yeah. I mean, you don't have to pay for anybody else, and. Uh, you can stay out as long as you like, as much as you like. There's a chance you'll make friends with someone when you're there, though, Mark, I'm guessing. Well, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's about. That's Absolutely. exactly what it's about. Look, I'm, I'm trying to dig for a segue to get from Nirvana to Paul Simon. Well, do you know, I think my segue, really, would be that we're only going to do three albums in an hour if we don't move on. <laughs> so, great plan, Mark, I think. Graceland, yeah, yeah, it's it's um. So I I remember saying to my mum and dad, <clears throat> I I bought um, it was it was the very best or the definitive uh, Simon or Funkel, uh, and I bought well sorry I Santa Claus got me it, uh, <laughs> for for Christmas, and no. uh, I was I don't know it was about thirteen fourteen. Uh, and I, I think we should address the fact that I still believe in Santa Claus at thirteen, fourteen. That's bad enough in itself. Um, that's a lie. That's just blown yeah. it for our younger listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a health warning at the front. Might exist. I might. I might just be a cynic. I might just be a cynic. Uh, but he did buy you I, a, a I, decent I, I, Simon and Garfunkel album, didn't he? Yeah, and I, I get into them from there. Um, thanks, Santa. I, I get into um, Simon and Garfunkel from there, but if I was to choose an album of, of Paul Simon's, uh, it would be either Rhythm of the Saints or Graceland, and Graceland nudges it into first place. It's got everything. Uh, Dimes on the Souls of a Shoe, Boy, Boy in the Bubble, Graceland itself, Mississippi shining like a national guitar. You can call me Al, or, is that there as well? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you know, that's, that's such a time... I don't know. It's it's such a hold on so, a commercial song. Hold on, it's so such a commercial song. I think what you find is that when he was putting this album together, he was 
he was at you know at the height of his game. He was doing so well individually, and yeah. he'd become good friends with is it Lorne Green, the guy behind um, Saturday Night Live, and through that he he came, he got to produce to introduce some some acts. He was took part in some of the acts on Saturday Night Live. So he'd, he'd do some singing. He became friends with Chevy Chase, and I think there was a, a desire to try and because when when this album was put out i think it was sort of seminal in that it was the first time there was this fusion of world music with you know uh, a sort of standard singer uh singer songwriter and i know he got quite a lot of grief at the time i think we we kind of lose it now looking at it through the lens of today but just in terms of you know working with artists from south africa you know there, there was some boycotting that took place and as far as paul simon was concerned he was actually trying to help them and he toured and he paid the same rates and he did all of tried to do all the good things but what they wanted to do is actually stick on if you want like a nailed on hit into the album into the album that would have some commercial success hence they did the chevy chase with the great video for um for the call me out song yeah i i have to say i'm I'm very blessed that i live in edinburgh and uh i went to see the soweto gospel choir uh, two years on the trot at the fringe and I listened to them and it's thanks to Paul Simon and, and people like him who actually go yeah. in there and look for this indigenous sound yeah. and the, the, the acapella sound from yeah. such talented folk uh, who, who simply, you know, we, we, we've got X Factor and all the rest of it. These people are just naturally talented, so naturally colourfully wonderfully talented and I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to Paul Simon for um, having the balls especially back in 86 and at the height of apartheid when Queen and Rod Stewart were being arseholes oh, and going yeah. to some doing, doing some city, city. city yeah. yeah you know that's the one disappointment I have for Queen um, but Paul Simon went in there got into Soweto and well, look, he, broke, he broke the ground for the likes of Lady Blacksmith yeah. and Bosa um, yeah. Hugh Masakela, yeah. you know, the, the, yeah. there's, there's, and uh, when he toured, and was he part of the Womad tour? I can't remember. So he did his own tour. Gabriel, yeah. I think so yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And no, that's why Graceland's in here. Yeah, it's right. um, it's so much like tribal music, isn't it? It's not, nothing you've heard before. Yeah. You know, I really love the arrangements, and of course, it sold. It was. The quality of the recording was uh, CDs were just becoming, you know, more available for uh, you know people moving slowly moving from vinyl to CD, and it must have sold in in spades. Yeah. Um, uh, but I remember buying the CD. I remember buying the. Then there was a deluxe CD came out. I think I bought that in the States with some extra tracks. You, you think what happened after that? You had, you know, it obviously opened the world into, I know we had world music, but there was there was a, a lot of tapping into the uh, the local sounds of um, African bands. And you had Andy Kershaw, Radio 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He was lording he really? went out there a lot, didn't he? Yeah, I've got. Yeah. I've got to give. I've it's got to give that. a mention at this stage the word of music. Um, a friend of mine, Matt Gardner, um, Matthew Gardner. I, I went to uni. I did my masters with him, 
and Matthew got got me into uh, world music, and I I wouldn't have entertained it at all if it wasn't for Paul Simon. Oh yeah, he broke the ground. He broke the ground mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just playing it uh, about a week before last. I think I was playing it. Did you? I brought out. Um, uh hmv exclusive good few years ago now even before i really knew about it i just happened to see it and uh they had a 500 copies done in clear vinyl um yeah it's a lo- lovely album from start to beginning from start to end then great i've got one for you mark if you want to try something a little bit different um on Bandcamp, yeah if you go for um the secret archives of the vatican Oh, okay. <laughs> right up my right up my street. But it's actually it's it's a it's a lot of African or Middle Eastern inspired sort of trip hop, um, different styles. What's it? I've got my pen here. Sorry, David, I missed that. What was it? What's okay, it called? If, if if the listeners have got their pens and paper handy, so it's the yeah. Secret Archives of the Vatican, Ooh. and they've got an album that's just come out very recently called East Meets West. And in, in terms of sound, that, that, that it, it's it's great. You listen to it, and um, it, it's not Graceland style, but it's very much that um, world music that meets Western music. Awesome! What a great name for a band. Ah, oh, isn't it just yeah? And when I first Googled it, of course, I was getting all sorts of rubbish about the Vatican coming up and books that have been released <laughs> about, about those secret archives oh, in the Vatican. <laughs> That's not rubbish. It's all true. It's all true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, in God's name, we're not going to talk about that book now, are we? Oh, you you recommended. I remember. God, Did, this is David. Not, I mean, David Yallop. I've forgotten about David Yallop. Was the you, author? You you recommended to me Did I? many years ago, back in two thousand two 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 thousand and three. You recommended. I know we're digressing slightly. Um, <laughs> Hugely, the Holy Blood and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Remember that book? Yeah, I've still finished that 18 years later. Just watch Dan Brown, bloody, just just watch but, Dan Brown. It's <laughs> bloody massive, it's absolutely massive. You never told me it was that big. <laughs> you bought a guest when you picked it up, that's <laughs> 650 pages worth. The deluxe version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's an expanded version. When you get to the end, there's an expanded version you can pick up, I'm sure. Oh, cheers. I'll look forward to that <laughs> in my 70s. And, but I'm sure having read having read some of those early Dan Brown books, he's just lifted it all from, from uh, Holy Blood and Holy Grail or, or those yeah, sort of theories. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, In God's Name is, is a great one as well, but that's, uh, that's, that's about your man hanged under Blackfriars Bridge. Uh, yeah. The financier, yeah. Oh, it's all happening. It's all I'll, happening. I'll give it a look at. I'll, I'll definitely give that a look. It's um, secret archives of the Vatican, East meets yeah. West. Yeah. Right, you're on. I'm okay. going to look that one up. That's good. And so it's sticking with artists with a name called Paul. Whole new podcast. Yeah, could be. Um, Paul Weller, Stanley Road. So look, you had so much to choose from a Paul Weller's catalogue, even in his own Ooh. right. So how did he come up with that one? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, David, that's a very good point. And uh, probably one that I, I might regret after this podcast. Um, 
having actually sat down last night and watched been on BBC Four and and his back catalogue of you know the jam is outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Right. However, I think as a solo artist, he had some great albums like Wildwood. Uh, yeah. The one that came before Wildwood was Stanley Road. I, I just thought, well, it's commercial. It was very commercially viable. Yeah. And at the time, it's one of those conjures up many great memories when I was at Dundee in 1994 or 95, I think it was. I just, wall to wall, every song in this album is a belter. And, I, and, and he is the mod father. And I think there was a great mix yeah. of style council and the jam in there. There was almost like a, a culmination, that maturity of what he could do as a musician. And it, it, it was well. I I, I think yeah. it was very well done through Stanley Road. Brilliant, uh, look, Alan. I know you're a fan. I've seen you posting up lots of different albums. If you're going to show something, I need you to describe it for us. Yeah, this is the um, this is actually the CD, original CD. It's uh, the size of a twelve-inch album box. All right. Um, but. Uh, yeah, actually, just contains the CD and uh, wow. a booklet. But yeah, I love, I love Weller. Um, it's also got a picture of George Best on it, which wins me over every day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, Stanley Road is a place in Woking. Uh, I think you know, probably on his um, his old stamping ground. Yeah. Uh, there's even a like a, a mock-up of how well I wanted the album cover to look. Okay. Nice. It's just basically a, a, a sort of drawing of and pictures, you know, the, the, yeah. the colours, the red, the, the, the blue and the green and, and the yellow. Yeah. And then maybe what pictures he wanted, and he's got uh, people listed here. A football player. <laughs> he's actually got Osgood at, at one stage listed here. <laughs> Good man. So George Best might not might not have made it. No. I, I think to make the album more commercial, though, to sell it, I think having Best on there's a winning winning decision. Yeah, he's um, he's also listed the Empire State Building, but that didn't make it. Um, he's got James Bond. I can't see James Bond on it either. Uh, a, a little, a little known fact. Um, I, I have a photo of me sitting on George Best's knee when I was eleven. What? Nice. Yeah. Was this so was this coming pod- down to to Newry? Or was this you up in Belfast? This was in Newry, I, I, and uh, it's interesting you say that because I've only, I was only, I only had the pleasure of seeing him twice. Right. Um, uh, the first time was at Pat Jennings' testimonial. No, actually, no, that would have been the second time. So I'm in '86 at Pat Jennings' testimonial. And the likes of Frank Stapleton, Bruce Grobler, guys like that were playing fantastic. But before that, George, uh, I think he was on the wagon at the time. And my my father, God rest him, was a member of the Newry Town uh, Football Committee. And uh, I think he was treasurer or something like that. He was, he was very good with numbers. And that's why they were relegated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, kidding. Kidding, Dad. Uh, but... Uh, George made an appearance for Newry Town against the reigning Republic of Ireland champions, Shamrock Rovers. And uh, I've never seen the like of it. 
Uh, I think he was about 37, 38 at that stage. And he ran rings around guys who were in their 20s. And he could just, he, he could pop a ball anywhere on the pitch. So after the game, my dad, obviously, I was I was in awe of the man. And I'd, I'd heard so much about him and seen footage of him. My dad said, do you want to meet him? Well, you know, it's, it's the Pope of Catholic and all the rest. So I, I went in and there he was. And he was, uh, he had the big beard on him at that course, stage. Yeah. And uh, I got a photo of him, and I still have the photo. It's framed, it's in the house. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Me yeah. sitting on his knee. Yeah, yeah, so came to infamy. Yeah. Take it yeah. back, uh, the uh, Empire State Building did make it. <laughs> it's an actual <laughs> ticket. Yes. There's a ticket on here. Um, it's uh, the ticket most stuff. famous building in the world. So he's obviously Thank kept that when he went up there. Right, you saved us the legal view from up there. Saved us the legal suit then. Yeah. One of my favorite albums of all time has also got George Best on the front. Any ideas what that one might be? Oh, that's a wedding present. <laughs> yeah, very good. That quality album, that one as well. Yeah. So, no, some great tracks on this. I mean, the changing man. I mean, they just, it's one of these albums that the songs just naturally move into the next one. I know yeah. that's. Well, that's, that's great crafting what, of the album. Happens, but it, it, it's just the way that they just float into the next track. And, um, you know, you do something to me. I mean, it's a fantastic love song. I know what do, but let's keep that to ourselves. <laughs> uh, no, uh, one of my favourites, uh, say, bought it on CD at the time, and but then as soon as it was available on vinyl a few years ago, uh, so yeah. you, you you can't go wrong with Paul Weller and his latest yeah. album, Sunset, on Sunset. He's fantastic. I would recommend that now. As, as someone who's resisted Paul Weller, so... Uh, I've seen, I saw The Jam, I saw The Star Council, I've got lots of their their albums and singles. Um, but I've resisted for some reason, Paul Weller. Uh, so if I was to dive into him, what album should I start with or are we talking about it? I think we're probably talking about it. Um, my, my favourite is... Um, uh, Saturn's. Oh right, yeah, Saturn. Yeah, the the one that came out two years ago, something like that. Last yeah, year, two, two years ago. I couldn't stop playing it. Um, what's it called? It's Saturn. Um, yeah, I call it. And I've only I've only bought it three times: in one in red vinyl, one in blue vinyl, one in clear vinyl, and I can't even remember the name of it. It's Saturn's. Saturn. Oh god. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, I. I love that. That is fantastic. It's totally, it's Saturn's pattern. It's Saturn's pattern. It's it's not. It's it's well out in a, on a, going to a different level. I uh, just it just I just can't describe it. When I first heard it, I was knocked out. I, 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 yeah, I can't say more than that. Again, from one you know, right from the beginning to the end fantastic album and uh but yeah so probably yeah if you're going to start then go with this one because you 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 know some of the tracks already yeah, yeah, don't of you course, yeah. Dave, so. yeah but um he's got such a massive 
back catalogue now. Yeah. And, and the thing with Weller, he just keeps moving on. He just seems to get better. He just seems to get better. Um, Brilliant. Okay. He's obviously got a great um, set of you know artists with him, and uh, yeah, brilliant. So that's good. Look, so I'll, I'll I'll definitely give that a whirl. So to pick up on on Darren's point earlier, we're going to get more than four albums in an hour, but <laughs> maybe not. We, we we've just ticked over thirty five minutes, <laughs> so we're going to struggle to get. Well, six is going to be a good challenge, um, but well, luckily. Oh my. Yeah, so um, we're, we're, let's talk about these ones. So next you've got a couple albums by Peter Gabriel, Mark, and I'm guessing you had to select, you had to work out which ones you wanted to pick out of Gabriel's um, huge right. catalogue. Yeah, yeah. So Melt wasn't actually me. I, I, I see that on the list. Soul oh. is absolutely me. Um, and there, there are blatantly obvious reasons why I choose Soul. Um, well, it's the first I actually heard of Peter Gabriel. So bear in mind that this came out in 1986 and I was the, the, the ripe age of 13. I, I had never heard of, well, I heard of Genesis, obviously, but I didn't realise that Peter Gabriel was involved in Genesis uh, in the formative years. Uh, I, I also didn't realise that they were prog rock. And if I'd known about prog rock then, I would never ever have associated it with this album. Uh, I, I, I get into Peter Gabriel um, when Sledgehammer went to number one and it was voted best video yeah. uh, by, by MTV in 1986, beating Queen of Kind of Magic, I think at the second place or something like that. But uh, you, you don't, you know, you don't stop at Sledgehammer. There is Big time, red rain. Don't give up. Don't give up with Kate Bush, who's another. We've mentioned her in previous podcasts. Uh, just formidable, and I think once again we're talking about the likes of Paul Weller uh, at its height. This, this for me was when Gabriel was at his height as well, and that's why it's going in there. I think it got a Grammy. I'm not sure if it did, but. And it, was, oh, it was nominated for a Grammy, but it's it's just a great album. So look, yeah. When when was that? Eighty six. Eighty six, yeah. It would have been eighty six. I remember it clearly because um, <clears throat> the album I bought. I had the now. I used to collect the now albums. Right. <laughs> I think now lost ten it. came out and don't give up with Kate Bush was on it. But I also remember Sledgehammer beating a kind of magic into the number one spot. And Queen had so many number twos and threes, uh, and uh, yeah, Gabriel pipped them to the post with Sledgehammer. But of course, this was in the day. These were these were the days when MTV started to, you know, make itself yeah part of you know societal pop culture thinking and yeah part of pop culture. Uh, everybody preferred the video to the song, which was just. You know, for for purists like ourselves, was so bloody annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Gabriel came out with Sledgehammer, which was a great song, be a great video, sold records. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think my favourite of there, and maybe it's my favourite of his, is Mercy Street. Just a, yeah. a, a beauty about that record. Good track. 
Um, yeah, I, so that's that's why it's I love this album. I bought the box set. Oh, look at that! Yeah, it's um, it's came out a couple of years ago. In fact, I thought it was going to be my last ever purchase from HMV. I think when they were closing, when they they went into uh, administration back in uh, February. 13 they were selling stuff wow. off in the store and i thought uh it's 100 pound reduced to 67 so i've got to buy Good deal. i was getting i was getting worried i thought you were going to say this is my this was my i thought it was going to be my last ever purchase oh, no. <laughs> in what was, world? Was this HMV. Told us? <laughs> yeah no it's Thank got God. um some great stuff in here it's got it's got like the original it's got the the, the vinyl and um and it's also got uh, well the original vinyl. Well, the vinyl is in the um, the running order that Peter Gabriel originally wanted it, ah, right? Because um, I think um, I think it was in your eyes. It's moved around. I think that's right. uh, it said here. Uh, the, the track listing, unlike the original, is that favoured by the artist and in the edition specific artwork. And okay. it's also got um, some live recordings from Athens, and oh, it's yes, also yeah. a, a DVD about the making of the album. But mm. the interesting one is a CD, uh, which is called um, So DNA. Mm -hmm. It's uh, described a, a unique insight into the writing and recording of So, experienced by a track-by-track -track evolutionary process. This leads the listener from the early moments when ideas were found and formed through the various stages of song development and recording. And that's really interesting to, you can, you can you say, what's that? And you go, oh, bloody hell, yeah, that's the beginning mm -hmm. of Don't Give Up, isn't it? And, and from yeah. that, it's, um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's also got a couple of 12 inches uh, in here. There's a different version of Don't Give Up and a couple of, tracks which i don't think are available anywhere else called courage and sagrada um so these come on these nice red albums so mm -hmm. again i think it's still in print um it might be a bit bit costly still but um yeah well worth the money well wow. yeah it's an artist i need to listen to a bit more never really listened to much gabriel to be honest so i will explore that yeah he's a bit i think his back catalog can be confusing for collectors because he 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 never really named his like his first four albums correct yeah they they they, they gained um if you like uh, nicknames, like Mark said, Melt early I think on on three. Uh, uh, there's another one which has got um, it's called I think it's termed Breaking Glass because it's got a uh, car 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 screen on it. I think is it that one? But um, and also <laughs> he's one of these artists. Uh, a couple of the albums he actually recorded them in German as well. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, released them in Germany in the German language. Uh, I've seen a couple of them, um, you know, when I've been uh, crate digging, uh, but I've bought myself to buy them. The um, the whole back uh, Peter, a few years ago, the whole back Peter Gabriel catalogue was 
um, brought out on Super Audio Disc. And I collected a few of those, one of those is so. But then uh, just recently, the whole back catalogue has been was being released on double LP at 45 RPM, and the sound quality of those is fantastic. Yeah, I love Peter Gabriel. So, so look, I, yeah, look, Mark, we, we can have a chat and give you a bit of steerage on those. I think I've got most of his stuff. Yeah, um, I'd like that. I'd like that. Go, go through. Appreciate that. it. Um, so I'm just thinking there. There's one that obviously snuck in. I think that one that had been voted for by the uh, by the, the the Twitter voters that had been put in there. But I can remove that, and then it creates a space for another one lower down for you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. When we get to the uh, Christmas edition, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Christmas twenty one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we're. We won't be finished uh, then. Yeah, no, I've got a few friends who listen into it. Uh, lovely friends. <laughs> one, of my, one of my friends from Dundee said, uh, oh, the first one, you guys, you were just talking a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what we do. That's what, that's what happens. Yeah, I so, we so, talking, it would be a bit boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I, I, and I just thought, okay, second, the second time we come around, third time we come around, let's make it shorter and snappier but um no it's good to exactly the opposite about... <laughs> ah, exactly and it's good to talk around the albums you know and and, and the memories that, that conjure up for you as well i think that's really important what was some clever editing dave you could uh, get it down to 10 minutes <laughs> you, <can't. laughs> I, you tell me how yeah. you tell me how. <laughs> um okay per 10 minutes that's 10 minutes per song <laughs> we're, we're on nine minutes at the moment. Probably. Right, what's next, mate? Okay. Pink Floyd. Huge selection on there. A lot of people would have one, if not more than one, uh, Floyd albums in their top 100. And you've managed just to keep it down to one. So yeah. how did you come about to choose Wish You Were Here? So everybody's default is Dark Side of the Moon. And I thought to myself, uh, no, as much as I do like it. And uh, as you can imagine, I was introduced to Pink Floyd in my early, early uh, university years. Shared a flat with six other lads who um, loved a bit of the Purple Haze. And <laughs> we used to sit and watch The Simpsons whilst they got high. And uh, we, we'd have a bit of uh, music on afterwards in the background. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon was the one. Actually, they used to chop their marijuana up on, on the uh, on the vinyl, the Dark Side of the Moon vinyl. Classy. Oh, so, yeah, classy. Nice. Uh, I, I hasten to add that I did not partake. You know, I'm a bit Bill Clinton that way. Yep. You know, I smoked, but I didn't inhale. So, so You're not running for election, say, are you? No, no, no. But I'm, do you know what's really sad? I'm laughing at my own jokes. Right? <laughs> so I would say, wish, wish you were here for me is is more. Uh, it, it it just resonates with me more. I I, I like it. Um, it's yeah. for, uh, it's hard to explain. Dark Side of the Moon is much more commercial. Wish you were here. The song itself, the title track, is beautiful. It's yeah. a love song without sounding like a love song. Uh, you know, 
to to what was it uh, to uh, fish in a fishbowl. Right. That that kind of uh, thinking behind it, and then there was uh, have a cigar shining yeah. on you crazy diamond. I just I I love the album. It's hard to put into words, but uh, on the album cover, because we are talking about vinyls. Yeah. Is is the most striking one of the most striking album covers I've I've ever seen. Like there's a guy, yeah, um, on fire. shaking hands with another with another guy who's on fire. Um, he, he's still around, isn't it? Storm yeah. Storm Torson, isn't it? The name of the guy who did, did the uh, the cover art. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But um, for me, it's it's uh, Pink Floyd's. My yeah. f- well, my favorite album, anyway, by a stretch. So, Darren, would you have a, a choice if you were asked to to purchase one album into a top hundred? Yeah, I mean, for me, as like Mark said, it is Dark Side of the Moon. Um, the reason being, though, my first experience of Dark Side of the Moon was I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's something called the Dark Side of Oz. I think I might have mentioned it to you uh, yeah. before. It's um, a mashup of The Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd's oh, Dark. You've got to, you can play it on vinyl because it takes too long to turn the sides over and that sort of thing. But it was on CD and you turn the sound down on the TV and play the dark side of the moon to the film of Wizard of Oz. And it is uncanny. (laughs) There was loads of rumours that the band might have done this on purpose when they were on LSD or something at the time. um, But it's weird. There's a ring of the bell and a gate opens and uh, the lyrics, I swing the axe, is when the Tin Man's arm drops and the axe swings. And <laughs> it's, if you've never done it, it's worth doing. I think it takes about, the album plays about two and a half times through, and it goes right to the end of the film. <laughs> so for I'm going to try, try that one out. Yeah. On a, on a Tuesday evening, when I'm thinking, it's chucking it down outside, I'm going to try that. Yeah, a wet yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get it and a few cans of IPA or something like that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It will change your life, I tell you. <laughs> the, the, the line that's come back to me is, "In wish you were here, we're just uh, two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl. That's what it was. Uh, I love it. I yeah. love it. I, yeah. just, uh, I will read this. It. it is a great album, yeah. How about you, Alan? I haven't got that on... I haven't got it on vinyl, but I've got it on Super Audio CD. And again, it is excellent. I mean, um, I had did hear it lots when it was originally out because my brother was into them. And uh, so, you know, he played, um, you know, Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here, um, Animals. Um, But uh, I think I probably would put in The War. Because... Only okay. because I saw them live at Earl's Court performing now, and um, that just that that I can you know I can play that album you know four sides of it, and uh, yeah I just love it. Um, I love the the sound effects and uh, not you know and just when they go into another brick in the wall you know part yeah. two. Uh, but it's not just that. I mean, there are much better tracks. I mean, comfortably, comfortably numb. Yeah, yeah, uh, good track. Have you seen what's been added to um, the record store day two drop? No, 
No. Oh, Roger Waters. The the Berlin. Oh, yeah. I've got that on Super Audio. You got it on Super Audio, so I think that's well, so that's coming out. So I must say I wasn't overly excited about the record store day two or three, but already there's that one, and there's a, another album that's been added to the list. I'm just trying to remember what what it is. There's, there's some Daft Punk. There is some Wrong. Daft there's Punk. There's a couple of things I'll say actually. Yeah. yeah. So yeah I initially, had... I was disappointed. Uh, there's just been a couple of new names added this week, hasn't there? Oh, that's that. No. I'll send you the link. Yeah, um, thank you. I think it's a Dinosaur Junior one that I'm after. Yeah. yeah. Sure, I'm not going to have a problem getting that. There's, um, the only one I wanted originally was the um, Fleetwood Mac Alternative Rumours. Yeah. Uh, ah, okay. I, I, I think I would be able to pick that up without... But what's special about it? That exists already, doesn't it? That alternative rumours. I'm sure I've seen it. Not on vinyl. Really? Okay. Yeah. uh, It does on CD, uh, but not on vinyl because it's been a habit of the last four, three or four record store days that they bring something out. So there was like the alternative Fleetwood Max of the first album, Tusk. there uh, was um, there was another one brought out. Uh, now I think this was the rumours one. Right. Okay. Yeah. That'd be good. So, so Mark, back back to your choice. Obviously, wish you were. That, that's a that's a stellar album um, in in anyone's yeah. charts. I mean, I'd, I'd be yeah. I'd be sort of hesitating between that one, Dark Side of the Moon, but also a big fan of Animals. So, and, okay. so again, very different. I think that's quite political, isn't it? That one in terms of what what Waters was trying to get over, um, trying to yeah. put his stamp onto the band, put his his impression on it. Um, and you've got the great stories about them recording. Oh, sorry, hanging up that huge inflatable pig at Battersea Power Station, <laughs> mm-hmm. which yeah. which blew away, didn't it? So. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder who's got that. It's in some farmer's field, wasn't it? In Kent, I think it. Yeah, I suppose some collector will have bits of it. Or I think they were chasing. You know, they jumped into a jeep and they were tearing. You know, out of Battersea and cutting yeah. down down south out of London, trying to follow this floating pig. And uh, that's good. <laughs> what was um, Corporal Clegg? What album was that on? Oh, is that Relics? Is it on Relics? I'm not sure. I ask because um, when I was in a Welsh punk and new wave band called the Outpatients, we actually did a a version of that. So, but in, in other words, we sang our own vocals over the original sound, the original recording, and um, yeah, we we called ours Corporal Coats because it was uh, we were having a go at. A, a lad that used to annoy us in Tembe. Uh, and uh, Colton, by the way, if you're listening, Colton. Hello, Colton. Knew about <laughs> oh, shout out to Colton. He lost his father yesterday. Oh. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's why I knew that track. But oh, it was no. introduced to the band by um, one of the other members, Tommy Rott. And um, 
So it's sort of full of secrets. Know about it. So it's yeah, sort of full of secrets. Yeah. So I mean, that's a. Uh, oh, was it? Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's the album. So still Sid Barrett era, isn't it? They're fairly out there. Mm. Corporal codes. Which is good. So, um, Mark, I think you're probably going to have to navigate the, the the three of us through your next choice. Um, I think you pronounce it Planksty, live in Dublin. 2004. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one. Um, so Plank's Day for me, um, I, I would say that when I'm having an utterly terrible day, I would stick on a bit of Plank's Day. Uh, so much Christy. I, I go I, I go the opposite way with Christy. <laughs> I, I, I cannot, sometimes as much as I've seen him, I've seen him like 30 odd times. Christy, I'm, I'm told, puts me in a foul mood. I don't know why. What? I mean, it's all the Rebel songs. Um, he, well, he, he, he actually, uh, in, in balance, it's um, he's, he's great to listen to. And I have so many fond memories. Planksty, though, I think are the greatest folk trad band to have come out of Ireland, without doubt. Uh, there's Christy Moore, Liam Ogle Flynn, Andy Irvine. Donald Lummy, who, who actually me. taught Christy, taught Christy to play the guitar in the Baron, uh, and then latterly you had Paul Brady, Matt Malloy, oh, who was yeah. uh, in, in, in the Chieftains, and uh, he was in the Bothy band as well. Just, just wow! What, what th- this is? If you're going to get a live album, I, I and I've spoken about songs in the attic. This for me, live in Dublin, two thousand and four. You listen to it. You're there. You're 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 there. You're, you you come become part of the crowd. You feel your foot tapping. You want to get up. You want to give yourself a wee jig. You can't nice. help but love this album. Right. Um, thoroughly recommend it. There's tracks like um, "Good Ship Kangaroo," "Raggle Taggle Gypsy," and then the opener. It's called "The Starting Gate," and. Um, I, I had a friend, well, a former girlfriend who was into, she was into her Highland dancing. <laughs> she used to get up to the starting gate and dance the legs of herself listening <laughs> to the opener. Brilliant. It's it's a belter. Listen to it. Buy it. Listen to it. Oh, I may have, have a copy in the garage. Well, get it out of the garage. Because I'm sure get, my brother... Get, your, get yourself dancing tonight. I think I've said before, I'm sure my brother has got six or seven Christy Moore... Planks deep albums in the garage, I'm sure. Yeah. That's yeah. Your, your task. Yeah. Your task is I to don't find think those. it would be the 2000. You said it was 2004. 2004, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's such a good album. Yeah. You might have, but he died in 2007, so maybe not. Yeah. I'll check. Well, you know, listen to that. Think of him and uh, give yourself a wee jig around the room. And I'll be getting up to the starting gate. Yeah, <laughs> the starting game. Very good, very good. Being the regular tackle gypsy. Yeah, I, I, I love that album. I, I, I thoroughly recommend it. Oh, that's good. Do you think um, they were Mulligan and um, Mulligan and O'Hare were modelled on this? Oh, Foster and Allen. Yeah. Oh, Foster and Allen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. Brilliant. So look, sticking with with the. Uh, Irish bands. We've now got uh, another another great Irish band, the Pogues. 
Yeah, no. So the Pogues, I never got into them at all uh, when they released uh, Fairy Tale in New York. And then I heard Christy Moore talking about them. Uh, well, more as, well, kind of like, he was more into Shane McGowan as opposed to the, the, the Pogues. But then Shane McGowan made the Pogues. He wrote all their songs uh, and he sang all the songs as well. And I think this was their second album to, but it, it was the one that kind of broke the mould. It was mid-80s, I think it was about 85. Well, and well, Rum's Sodomy in the Lash well, is ironically, well, I think, a quote from Churchill. Right. So if you imagine uh, an Irish trad band and the antithesis of an Irish trad band is a quote from Churchill, but uh, Rum Sodomy in the Lash, it's all about something to do with the Navy that uh, Churchill referred to. And uh, it's it's not a particularly nice title. <laughs> but... It's something that an old sailors are entitled to. Well, <laughs> it, 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 well, well, it, it could be what they they all do. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> could, could I, be I, the I advertising campaign. It, it could, well, yeah, a recruitment yeah. ploy. Join, the, join yeah. the navy for the following. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I was born in Blythe, <laughs> but this, I got started in the Royal Navy. <laughs> this this uh, this album for me it's very it's it's Irish trad but right. there's a, an element of punk you know for me there's a there's an element of uh, punk and it doesn't border uh, rock but uh, it, it it's hard to, you've got the sick bed of Coolin spider is it spider somebody in it. Wasn't that? Isn't that, that in the Boomtown Rats? No, no, he's. Um, I'm sure he's a member of the Pogues. He's, he's got a, a spider right. Um, oh right. Tattooed in the middle of his forehead. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of somebody else. Mm, I'm, I'm sure, sure he was in the Pogues. Okay. The tr the tracks off this one were a pair of bright eyes, Sally McLennan and Dirty Old Time, and we all know them, and we yeah. all sing them. And uh, it was actually Elvis Costello produced, he was one of the producers of this album, who I hold in high regard. And uh, yeah, he isn't in, in, in the top 100, but yeah, this for me is, is a belter. It was Declan McManus a producer as well? I'm mid podcast, but I'm answering because it's. Changed. Okay. And Spider Stacy, I say. Spider Stacy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he used to come into the branch where I worked. Oh really? I've spoken to him a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Well, he he played the tin whistle. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the tin whistle for uh, the Pogues. Well, that's another album I'm going to have to listen to. Okay, that's what I'm about. Yeah. So. Excellent band. Look, yeah, out, if you're going to buy it, Darren, there's a copy on red vinyl. Okay. Um, I don't, this came out a couple of years ago now, Red Vinyl, but I think they're knocking about still, so... Oh, I'll have a look for that. Yeah. And speaking yeah, of... I, sorry. I've nearly bought it, but I haven't. Um, I bought the best of the Pogues a couple of years ago. I wouldn't say I'm massive. I've def of course, I bought Fairy Tales New York. Yeah. I still play I, that every I, Christmas. Do you know, I, I hated that song when it came out. 
and I love it. What's, what's, what's with that? Maturity. I, I, I just hated it because I thought it was such a... I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a... You know, it was it was having a go almost at the the Irish. I thought when I first oh. listened to it, and I, I completely took umbrage with it. And then, as you get older, you think actually it's about a guy who's down and out in New York, looking for love, looking for a, a second chance. Yeah. But I think it was the way McGowan portrayed himself on top of the pops. He didn't give a shit. He didn't care whether he. It wasn't, and fair play to him. And the reason why he did it was because he didn't want to mine the song, so he deliberately made an agent mm-hmm. of himself to sing the song. And I felt, as someone who's passionately Irish, I I, I felt it was a, a a kick in the teeth. But uh, when he, yeah, I did. I really did. Uh, he didn't have any. Well, well, he doesn't have any. No. No, uh, but uh, now look back, I'm I'm grateful. A lot of bands did that. Cliff Richard. Mm-hmm. A lot of bands purposely didn't. They, you know, they would do things uh, because they weren't allowed to sing them live. And the yeah. Stranglers, yeah. they went on there and they were they they played. They, they ended up being the recording was them playing different instruments. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, they were t- they yeah. were swapped. They were sort of moved yeah, to the right. Instrument. <laughs> Just to make the point. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. That's good. So, so uh, st- sticking with the Irish bands thing, um, did everyone catch the Boomtown Rats documentary on on BBC? No. 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 I, I, I player it. It's a great hour and a half. Um, yeah. And and it focuses on you know it's not just about Bob Geldof. It's about the band and and what they did to shape music um in in ireland uh, you know and when i came through and and how you know geldorf sort of kept on using it as a platform to make statements to push things and i was quite surprised so you when did when did um rum sodomy and the lash come out mark what year was that 80, 85 i believe oh right okay so it's quite a bit after yeah. so it's like 10 years yeah. after the the, the rats came on so you had yeah. other people on this documentary um which it was you should still be able to get on iplayer you know mm. paying homage or credit rather to uh to the boomtown rats and what they did to open doors to to make it possible you even like a bono in there saying they they paved the way for us to be able to uh you know have have access to get the success that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I've um, I've you know, been a big follower. Well, Boomtown Rats, you know, it's must be the first album that was that was brilliant. Oh, but um, I've just bought their latest album. Right. Um, called um, oh, yeah. Welcome to Boomtown, I think it's called. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, I haven't played it. Perhaps I'll play it tonight. But as a as a lead track off it called Trash Glam Baby and it's that's it's really good really good. Brilliant. I mean they were very they were very um, and obviously they had Geldof, um, but Johnny Fingers on the yeah. keyboard, brilliant. Yeah, I'll so grab that. So guys, I suggest we let, let's get another two albums chalked off then before we okay. we, we close this 
particular oh, we're going to miss the queues. We're going to miss the queue. We can build up to them because we won't be able to we're do that in five minutes. On the day, on the day. Uh, we can no, do a homage. Like we can do a trailer. We'll do a trailer when we get to it. Okay. Who likes Susie Quattro anyway? <laughs> <laughs> you know what we could do, bearing in mind Mark's point, is it, could we skip 73 and 74 till next time? Yeah, well, great idea. Great idea. Okay, so um, for anyone who hasn't listened before, there is one band in to which Mark is particularly attached. And it so happens that today is an important day in the calendar. So Freddie Mercury was born 75 years ago today. Yeah, 74. 74, thank you. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I might say, I might say. Depends when you're listening to this, of course. I might be right, I might be right. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to record that. Is that right? He's been dead thirty years. If you're if you're watching this on day, it could be right. Yeah, he's been he's been dead. He's been dead twenty twenty nine. He he died in ninety one. Yeah, twenty fourth of November. I remember it clearly. I remember it clearly. Um, it was a Sunday night, and uh, I think he passed away at about seven o'clock, quarter past seven on the Sunday night. And it wasn't announced to the press, the media, till about 11 o'clock. And I would listen to the top 40, as they always did, on a Sunday night. And uh, the DJ, I was listening to Radio 2, so that would have been Radio 2 Ireland. Um, And the guy came on, and he was absolutely distraught. And I remember coming down and bawling my eyes out to thinking can't be true um but he, yeah yeah that was it 46 years of age and i i often think about what he would have done after that and uh, at the age of the, the ripe age of 74 what he would be doing now would he be doing more operatic stuff you know melancholy some ballads kind of like tony bennett something like that but uh, that's a good what point. a performer what a legend well, um, and, and, and what an impact on on on, on life. Mm. Just you know, words. Wor- yeah, I can't I can't give the words to describe how much an impact he had in my life from the age of ten until eighteen. Oh. I basically went through all those hormonal years. <laughs> uh, you know, finding out about girls and finding out about life and how difficult it's going to be and going through my my O levels, my A levels, uh, with with Queen as a as a, a totem. <laughs> Is that a totem? Though, that you're yeah, a, to- a totem, a totem, <laughs> a pillar to to help you through it. And you know, some of their stuff was shite. Uh, a lot of their stuff was great, but Mercury. Uh, yeah, I mean, what can you say? It's over to you guys. I've, well, hold on, hold on. You know, what, so I'm, you know what I think. I'm just going to pitch it to you now that um, you 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 managed to refine your selection, so you you lobbed two albums into this list. But is it since this you've had the the, the Queen box set, the, the studio album box set? Yeah. So I. <laughs> I got this, uh, and thanks to Alan, he 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 said, uh, "Mark, it's 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 available." It's uh, and I, I bought it. And today, what I, what I've done for the last seven or eight years, I've actually listened to 
every single album, whether it be on tape, CD, vinyl, or on Spotify or, or, or Apple iTunes, and I've listened to every single album religiously on the 5th of September from early in the morning right through to the night and uh, going through this kind of chronological journey with, with Queen. And I've done the same today, and I'm up to 1980, so I've got the shit stuff to come, 82. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and it just amazes me how just hugely talented the four guys were, but Mercury particularly. And I don't think, without Mercury, uh, Queen wouldn't have existed. May, Taylor and Deacon would have gone off to do their own things. Yeah. 100% on that, 100%. They would have become an astrophysicist with, you know, Imperial College. John Deacon would have been an electrical engineer somewhere. And, uh, dare I say, Roger Taylor would have been, uh, you know... Married a, to Anita Dobson. Married to Anita Dobson. <laughs> he might have been, he, he could have been anything. But what I would say is Mercury... Uh, He's, he's one. I wouldn't say one in a generation. One, one in a lifetime. Well, one, one, one in a century. One in two centuries. I don't think there'll be anybody like him again, again. And uh, yeah, what can you say? I'm put on the spot here. It's hard to describe how how uh, how much of an impact he he and the band have had on my life and on so many others. Do you think if they hadn't written uh, Bo Rap, their career could have been different? Good question. I think the I think that would have been, yeah, it would have been different. It would have been different. It would have been mediocre. I think they would have panned out in about 1981. I think they would have given up the ghost after that. Mm. I also think that Live Aid was the second pivotal moment in the band, mm. uh, the band's existence, uh, because they were on a massive downer after North America found out that Mercury was gay. They went on a big slump. They, they garnered a lot of support in South America in the mid-80s. But the North American thing was where um, Queen wanted, they wanted to dominate, just like Mont de Hoople, uh, who they were supporting in the 70s. But they were sick and tired of the live circuit. Live Aid completely rejuvenated them, yeah. completely. So and 80, 86... Why the magic tour? Yeah, I'd, say it more. I'll, I'll actually change Alan's question. So not so much about Bohemian Rhapsody. If they hadn't done the the Live Aid gig, would they be as big today as they are now? I think that defined them. Great question. Uh, the answer is no. The answer is no. And I think I think for the purists, we would say. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd look back and we'd look at, you know, we'd reflect on their albums in the 70s and think how fantastic they were, what great songs they had. If it wasn't for Live Aid, if it wasn't for that 20 minutes yeah. of utter brilliance, yeah. they, they wouldn't be the band yeah. that they're remembered for now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, look, you've, you've, you've got two albums in your list Um so we've got Sheer Heart Attack and News of the World. Uh, I know even today you've been going through your nice, smart, new um, box of, of the studio albums. You've got the books that, that, that you can absorb it. So I'm not going to hold you to it. Yeah. 
no, no. Let's say, you know, we've got another few of these podcasts. Why don't we just put a, a question mark against those two? And then yeah. maybe you come back and say, I want to put shit. Well, I mean, shit heart attack, I think, would be in my list if I was to, to put something in there. But you, you, you tell me. I don't know if you're already edging towards maybe some other records going in there or other options. Right. So I would say a sheer heart attack is 100% in there. Yeah. Get that. Out of all the albums, 100% it's it's in there. And the reason being, it, it, it just, if, if you listen to it, you know, from 1973 right through to the early 90s, sheer heart attack was the album where they, they finally uh, they got, they it. got their act together. Got, yeah. 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 They, they completely got their act together. And Killer Queen is is a is a piece of musical genius. Yeah. Uh, you, you listen to the the guitar, you listen to uh, the range of vocals in that, the lyrics. It's perfect. So Killer it's Queen and Seven Seas Awry. You know, you got two. Seven Seas. Well, well, Seven Seas Awry was on Queen Two. Yeah. But you've got you've got you've got uh, you've got that. Now I'm here, but then you've got ditties like Bring Back Leroy Brown. In the lap of the gods, Brighton Rock. You've got stuff like that, and you look at how much the, the band matured from 1972, 73 to 74. The the commercial nice that they had in those two years is incredible, and that's what made them what they are, or what they what they became, should mm-hmm. I say? So, sheer heart attack is a stick on for me. Okay, and look, we'll we'll come back when 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 we eventually reach the hundred, we will um we'll ink in your second queen option for there. Um, what about any? Yeah. Uh, so Darren, would you have any uh, gimmies? You you got any that you definitely throw in there in in the uh, queen yeah. list? For me, Cher Hunt Attack would be in there if I'm allowed to, and also I'd love Night at the Opera. I, I always yeah. have. I don't know it's about it particularly. I think it's probably the first Queen album I listened to, in fairness, and that's just stayed with me. I love the album. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. your one, Mark? Yeah. No, uh, Night of the Opera, absolutely. I, I, I would... Um, this, this is why I'm in a quandary today. Yeah. So, so I'll not name the second album that I had. There is a third birth, just so you know. There's a third birth that's there, if need be. <laughs> And then, yeah. then you can squeeze I, Queen 2 in there as well. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I, I listened to Queen 2 and either the opera Day at the Races. They had this, I don't know, hiatus from 74, sheer heart attack, right through till seven, well, 78, dare I say, 80, right through to the game. But I think I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're great... Uh, their great years were between '74 and '77, I would say. Yeah. When they were just writing stuff that you look at the lyrics, and then the uh, you know the the, the 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 talent that was behind it with the the instruments and the vocals as well that supported all of that. Words, I'm, yeah, I'm lost for words with it. I know I sound like a complete queen geek. But, uh, but you know, are. There are very, very few. You know what well, I am. Yeah. <laughs> there are very few bands though that will um, emulate them, or even come close to it. Alan, what about your your good self? Yeah, sheer heart attack would definitely be in there. 
then I'd get, um, I can't really separate uh, day at the races and a night at the opera. That would have made a fantastic double album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't seem to separate them. Uh, but then I do like uh, News of the World as well. Um, some great tracks on there. Um, so it would probably be, and also I, yeah, I'm sort of, it's difficult to say because they're all great albums, I think, probably up, up until the game. But yeah, it's got to be Sheer Heart Attack. And then I'd be, it would be between probably Day at the Races and yeah. Night at the Opera. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, look, Mark, something for us to to revisit. We you get to talk about Queen again in in an, another podcast. So uh, you'll have some, plenty of listening time between now and then. That's for sure. Because we we we've been going now um, hour twenty. We've managed to chalk off another ten albums. This <laughs> is bad, guys. We, we we have to have a different format. Yeah. I mean, the listener's going to be just bored out of their tits. Well, I, I don't think we've got any <laughs> left. The there are none left. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, every time I go on to this, because it, it can be quite um, self-indulgent, can't it? And you, you think about people who are listening to it, and you're like, no, let's keep it short and snappy, uh, a brief minute, minute and a half to talk about the albums. But then... Music, it's a very personal thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. When you're talking about your favourite albums, your favourite songs, because you have your memories with them, you know, and, and uh, you have you have your you definitely have your favourites for different reasons. So apologies to the listener. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's some stranger podcasts than us out there. <laughs> I don't believe it. But let, let's be fair. Uh, anyone who is kindly still listening I, I, I'm hoping you're here because you're enjoying it um, you, you've had three previous episodes to stop downloading unsubscribe if you're still here you're welcome please drop some notes on uh, some messages to either Darren or myself or onto our Facebook page Daz and Dave and uh, we'll gladly give you a mention and what I've seen evolve from from the first one we did of these so that was on podcast 10 and this was number 13 we just recorded is we actually have gone to your point, Mark, is we've actually layered in some more personal stories that the, the, the tangents aren't so much tangents, but they're relatables. The, the, the sort of springboards from talking about a band with or an artist, and we go off on, on another track. And again, anyone who's listening, if you want to chip in any suggestions yourself, um, then we'll gladly do it. And once we got to the end of this, we have to make a decision about the way forwards afterwards. So um, just going to park that there, and something we will we'll, we'll talk about around episode seventeen or something. So we'll see. I've got an idea. Go Hollywood, on. the second hundred. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you can have the Queen albums, then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's leave that with everyone thinking and for us to think about. Um, I want to thank everyone for their contributions. It's been been absolutely excellent. Uh, I, a good hour and a half nearly spent uh, very enjoyable yeah thanks guys yeah cheers again lads apologies okay. that's my phone going the rest of the day Alexander. yeah 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 yeah
said generation, they got all that stuff. Hear that meditation on that FM station?